0: Our Bible reading is Luke chapter 19, verses 18 to 27, and we can find it on page 1039 in the Church Bibles. And it goes... Once when Jesus was praying in a private place and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. Still others say that you are one of the prophets of long ago, come back to life. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, the Christ of God. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell anyone. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed on the third day and be raised to life. Then he said to them, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I tell you the truth. Some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. So um, I was reading this passage this morning to prepare for today, uh, as the person who was going to do our reflection wasn't well And as I read it, I kept getting struck by this line of being called to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. And I felt challenged by that because I didn't really want to do it that much. And so, what I wanted to talk to us today about is what do we do when we're faced with difficulty? What do we do when we wake up and we're tired, we're a bit grumpy, we're overwhelmed, and the problems kind of seem a bit big in our lives and we think, I want to find an easier way. Is this passage asking us to be perfect people, people full of boundless energy, people who never mess up? Well, let's dig into it. What does it mean to follow Jesus' call to deny oneself, take up one's cross and follow him? And the first thing that I noticed as I was reflecting on that is that it's not one command, but in a way it's broken into three parts. The first is to deny oneself. What does it mean to deny oneself? Last week, we were looking at the parable of the sower. And in the parable of the sower, there's a part where it talks about people who hear the good news of of Jesus but then they let the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth come and stifle what they heard i think part of denying oneself is to take time to think what are the good things in my life that i might be letting that i might be allowing to become god's things what are those kind of good things that we are allowing to suddenly become the most important thing And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about first- and second-order desires. There's this theory that we have different types of desires in our lives. First-order desires are the things that we just immediately want. So we have an itch, and we want to scratch our itch, and we could spend our whole lives scratching our itch, and we think it makes us happy, but ultimately, we've just spent our whole lives doing something that's not all that meaningful. An example of a second-order desire might be something like playing the guitar. As you begin to play the guitar, initially it hurts your fingers because the strings are quite hard. And initially it hurts, but then as you do it, your, cal- your fingers go tough, and then apparently you enjoy playing the guitar. And so I feel like the first thing this passage tells us is to deny ourselves, and maybe it means to deny those sort of first order desires. The next thing it says is that you should take up your cross. This is probably meant as a metaphor because we don't each have physical crosses. For Jesus, taking up his cross was uh, a physical thing. He carried When he was, carried his cross and was nailed to it, he did a difficult and a hard thing, and he prayed in Gethsemane and said, Lord, I don't want to do this. But yet... Ultimately, Jesus was glorified through that. And God, the Father, was glorified through Jesus' death on the cross. And so I think our crosses are those difficult things, maybe those second-order desires that God has placed on our heart, things that are quite hard to do at the time, but as we bring them to fruition, uh, glory is brought to God, and we become more fully ourselves. And thirdly, we're, firstly, we are told to deny ourselves. Secondly, we are told to take up our cross. And thirdly, we are told to follow me, to follow Christ. And I think that is a really important part of this command because we aren't told to just go mind over matter, to pick up our cross and just go running after the things that God's called us to Rather, in this passage, it says that we should follow Jesus, follow the God that became human flesh amongst us. Jesus says that as you follow me, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so it could be helpful for us to remember that God wouldn't call us to impossible things and that we would, might find grace as we did it. I often find myself feeling quite guilty when I read passages like this because I think I am not good enough or strong enough or disciplined enough to deny myself, pick up my cross, and follow Jesus. But I think it's important that we remember that those first two steps, the step of denying ourselves and picking up our cross, don't actually necessarily take that much energy. It's more of a mental thing to deny yourself and, like, a bit of a thing to pick up your cross. But the real energy comes when you take it and you follow Christ. And it's in that moment of following Christ that all of our energy happens. But this passage tells us we don't do it alone because Christ is with us. In other words, as we begin to deny ourselves to ask the Lord what our cross is, what are the places he's called us, who are the people he's called us to, what are the tasks he's called us to. As we do those things, we find the fullness of life. This passage goes on to say that when you take up your cross and you follow Jesus, when you lose, you lose your life, but then you find it. As you do those things, you find the fullness of life. And so I want to conclude with a quote from the German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer as he sort of brings together a lot of these ideas I've been trying to share with you and Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about costly grace he says costly grace is the gospel that we have to go after again and again it's the gift that we have to ask for such a grace is very costly because it calls us to follow, but it's grace because it calls us to follow Jesus. It's costly because it costs us our life, but it's grace because as you follow that, you find the only true life. It's grace because God costs, ah, where am I? It's costly because it costs God the life of his son but it's grace because God thought that the life of his son was worth it. And so I think when we're faced with difficulty, we should remember costly grace. We should remember the story of Jesus that God thought it was worth it to send his son to come and live amongst us and to die for us. And that that's a God worth following and a God worth doing difficult things for because that God loves us enough to have sent Jesus and wants us to flourish and thrive. Amen. Thanks, Zoe. Look, we've got a few minutes left. and. Uh...